I want to talk to you a little bit today uh, uh, just about who we are in Christ and, and how we are to conduct ourselves. I, I've been reading a lot, and those of you who have been reading on our Bible plan. By the way, that's a stiff Bible plan. I'm going to get a nicer one for you next year. Uh, it, it's, a, it's stiff, and so I've just said, oh, listen, I've read Proverbs umpteen hundred times. I'm not going to read them again. I'm getting through these other verses, right? Yeah, I'm getting through these other others, and so... Uh, so you, you, if you want to, just do what I did. Just drop it. Say, I'll, I'll get a proverb next year. <laughs> so, so, uh, but anyway, it's been really wonderful. And I've been reading a lot in the Old Testament, and I've really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I know Sister Suzanne uh, C. Kemp here, Sister Suzanne Kemp, who taught through the Bible for years, taught through from Genesis to Revelation, taught, taught that. And you'll find such treasure in, in the Old uh, Testament, you'll find such treasure, and I've been so enjoying it. And, but I've, I've been a little wounded in my heart to see how God's people just were ignoring his voice. So often they would just ignore his voice. He would tell them something, and they would walk out of there and do just whatever they wanted to do. And uh, so I've just been uh, just uh, voraciously uh, reading and, and feeding on that. So I think that's probably why I have this message today. Uh, make his paths straight. We have, a, uh, we have a, um, an obligation. We have a responsibility to make his paths straight. That we should do for the Lord what others cannot do. It's very important that we make sure that we are being Christian that we are not being, uh, as it were, culturally Christian, but that we are truly biblical in everything that we say and do. That's very important to me. Now, I am pretty strong in that. I, I, I believe in that. I hope I don't drive you, but I sure, and I don't, hope I don't burn you, but I really want us to do it. I feel like this is my call from God is to bring the church to a place where the church is being uh, that entity that Jesus Christ said, upon this rock, I will build it. And uh, some say it was the confession. I say it is perhaps, yes, the confession of Peter that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But it is, it's, even, it's the fact that on himself the church is built. That's what it is built on the, the reality of who Jesus Christ is. And so Jesus is our everything. And we have to understand that. Jesus is not someone that we, we bring to ourselves and to help us do our own thing. Jesus is not like that. Jesus is not someone uh, that we just use in case we have an emergency. Jesus is not like that. So here in Isaiah chapter 40, being informed by my reading of the Old Testament, of course, and the New, but being informed by it, I... Uh, I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, make his path straight. And so each one of us has the responsibility to make his path straight. Let's see what that looks like. In Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verses 3 through 8, in Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 8, it says, the voice of one, speaking of John, crying in the wilderness. Isn't it amazing? He says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What is this prophetic voice saying, 
prepare the way of the Lord. And so I believe that this is what Jesus wants us to have and to know today, that we are not to be so consumed and bothered by earthly things, but we are to cry out, prepare the way of the Lord. And he says, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And this is what I believe the challenge is, the the admonition for us is, is to make sure that we're doing everything so that we don't hinder anyone at any time. And sometimes I, I want to just say that Christians around the world are having the same challenges that we're having here. Wherever I go, they're having the same challenges that we are having here. In other words, there's some kind of a, of a secular humanism that is trying to come into the church to take control of the church and sway the ship of the church where it wants to go. But I stand diametrically opposed to it. Yes, in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. So, so the Isaiah the prophet says in verse 4, after he has shouted, after John is shouting, of course, this is the voice of one, and we know it's John, right? John the Baptist says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So he wants us to make a smooth place. The king is coming, and the king should not have to uh, walk down a road with rocks and bumps and hills and valleys. We want to make it smooth for him. So we want to be believing believers. And I want to challenge us and encourage us to be believing believers. Believing believers. And he says, every valley shall be exalted. Those places that are depressed shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill brought low. We don't want the Lord having to climb over obstacles when he comes. We, we want everything to be smooth when he comes. And so you and I, in our sphere of operation, wherever God has us, we must make sure that we deal with all of those issues, even the issues in ourselves. Wow. And so he says, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. Now, if you've noticed, I've, I, every time I come to straight, I, I pause because there's somebody in my life. I won't tell you who it is. It's not my wife. Somebody in my life keeps mispronouncing that word and always makes jokes about it. And so I can just hear his voice. And so I want to make sure I don't make the faux pas of messing up the word straight. I never had a problem with it before. So here he says, the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. And so our responsibility before God is to, in our sphere, do everything. I, I hope I'm not everything that God gives us to do. We are to be the voice of God. We are to be the hands of God, the feet of God in whatever situations we find ourselves rather than saying, oh God, what am I going to do? Uh, Brother James told me a wonderful story. I won't steal all of his thunder, but he told me a story about a situation he had at his home when he had contracted was at his home and using some unsavory language. I think you have had that experience if you lived any while at any time you've had that. Uh, I used to have it in the oil business all the time. I mean, it was like coming. It was like God says, okay, I want you to go into the oil business and deal with, with foul language. 
And so this person was having some foul language. So he was waiting on God. So you, you don't have to just out of your religiosity start to correct people. And I've tried to never do that. Just wait on the Lord. And as he was waiting on the Lord, he made a comment about the Lord. He'll tell his own story later. I'm going to give you a, a broad uh, picture of it. And the moment he did it, the, it just shocked the person into a reality. And the person began to cry. And he didn't condemn. He just made a comment. And, and, and then suddenly the person began to cry. I think this is a very clear picture of what we are to do in our sphere of operation. So God gives you a sphere, whether you're a, a homemaker or you, you keep yards, whatever you do, what, whatever job you, you do, then God has given you some, uh, as it were, authority there. And so just take care of the authority in your area and leave the others to others. He says, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. So this is a prophetic promise that there's coming a time when the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. It did happen when Jesus came. The glory of the Lord was revealed, but the people were not prepared for it. They ignored the cry to prepare. They ignored the cry to prepare. And so you and I don't want to ignore that. Uh, a number of years ago when I was a young boy, I think I was a teenager, maybe late teens, 16, 17, and uh, I read where Ezekiel, God told him that he was a watchman on the wall and that when he saw the enemy coming, he was to blow the trumpet. And if he did not blow the trumpet or if he did not warn or if he did not cry out, then if the enemy came and destroyed people, he would require all of those people's blood uh, uh, of the uh, prophet Ezekiel. And I remember reading that and I thought, whoa. You mean, because sometimes God calls us to do uncomfortable things. And so as a believer, you know that God has called you to do something uncomfortable. You still have to do what God called you to do. I don't know about you, but I have been uncomfortable doing what God called me to do. Yeah, and, I, and you will too. If you're never uncomfortable, I would offer to you today, you're not doing what God called you to do. Because God always takes you beyond yourself. He will always take you beyond yourself. He will take you beyond what you think you know. He will always do that. He will stretch you. But I, I like to say our faith is greater than resilience. You know, resilient means that, that when you're stretched and you're pulled, you come back into shape. Boy, wow. So our faith is even greater than that. So he says, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And you are now living in a time when I think we can safely say, that we are much closer to the coming of the Lord than we've ever been. Obviously, right? We are closer. And since we know that we're closer, let us be about our Lord's business. Let's make his path straight. Let's remove the impediments that others might have. Impediments, stumbling stones, uh, opportunities to stumble, opportunities to make mistakes. Let's make sure that we remove those. I I've talked to you here and there uh, recently about uh, insult and injury, how the Lord called me to uh, deal with insult and injury. Now, I know some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, sometimes you, you can deal with insult or you can deal with injury, but you, it's very difficult to deal with both at the same time, so, or at least for me. And so the, I, on, on our recent travel, had some situations on the plane. They weren't horrible, horrible, horrible situations, but they were uncomfortable things. And, and I thought, God... You're still teaching me how to deal with insult and injury. Yeah. 
So God doesn't want you and I stepping out of character. That is our Christian character. We can't step out of our character to correct something that's wrong. And so the Lord is, t is showing us how to be Christian in this changing world. He says, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. We know that. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And, and verse 6, he says, the voice said. Now, the first voice is that of the prophet. When we know it's uh, Isaiah. Initially, it's John the Baptist uh, in, in fulfillment. And uh, he says, the voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? He said, this is what you cry. Let's read. All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. So when he's showing you who we are in our humanity naturally, all flesh is grass. I just mowed some or had somebody to mow it, and the next thing you know, it's, it's dead grass. It's just gone like that, pow. And, and uh, he says, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. So he shows us how no matter how good looking you are, and you're all so good looking to me, you know, you're all so beautiful to me. And no matter how good looking you are, if I were to see you in 35 years, some of you, 40 years, some of you, some of you maybe in 10, uh, some of us, you know, you look at it and you go, wow, what happened? Because that is the state of, of humanity. We're like grass. We're like the flower. All of our loveliness is like the flower of the field. Now listen to what he says. He explains in verse 7. The grass withers. The flower fades. Because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people of grass. The grass withers. The flower fades. But... The word of our God stands forever. So you and I must cling not to what we are, humanly speaking, but we should cling to, cleave to, be joined to, be glued to the word of God because the word of God stands forever. Yeah. The Lord has made me promises that are so amazing that sometimes I just have, honestly, problems with it. I say, God, surely this can't be for me. And I said, I don't want to be a doubter, but surely this can't be for me. I'm just ordinary. This can't be for me. And sometimes you may feel like that. You may feel like, oh, that's for one of the pastors on staff, or that's for one of the, the fellowship connection leaders, or that's for somebody greater than me. No, it is for you. God's word is for you. And, and so um, let me move forward. In, in Luke chapter 1, verse um, 80, it introduces John the Baptist, and he says about John the Baptist in fulfillment of this. Remember, his dad, John's ba uh, John the Baptist's dad was Zacharias. Zacharias was a priest, and Zacharias obviously knew the word of God. And once he got his tongue back because of his doubting, you know the story, when he did not believe the angel, he said, well, how am I going to know that what you're telling me is right? I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And, you know, we, we've, been, we, we've been barren all this time. How shall I know? And, and the angel says, hey. He, he, okay, that's. <laughs> he didn't quite say it like that. But, you know. but if I may just use my, my interpretation. Hey, I'm Gabriel. I've been bringing you human messages for a long time. 
I stand in the presence of God. And you're asking, how is this going to happen? You look at your, yourselves and you look at your human weaknesses. And I look at my human frailties as well. And I go, how can this be, God? Wow. He says, he says now, now, Zacharias, because you didn't believe my word, I came from the very throne of God, the throne room, and I brought you a word from Yahweh himself, and you didn't believe it. And so you, you stand up here. So the pastor or the preacher, whoever's here, stands and brings you a word from Yahweh, and you go, well, I don't know about that. You're a Zacharias. But Zacharias, when, he, when John was born, and they wanted to name him something other than John, the angel said his name shall be called John, and they said, we're going to name him. No, no, Zacharias, what do you say? Give me a tablet. He said, his name is John, and then his, his mouth opened, and he was, began to prophesy. That's John the Baptist's daddy. But he learned something while he couldn't talk. Yeah, and so you and I, sometimes when we don't have a voice, it's, it's, for, it's for our learning, and God will will teach you and share with you so that you will be usable in this particular time in which we live. I believe that God is calling us in powerful ways. So he says the child grew, now listen, and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifest, uh, manifestation to Israel. He was in obscurity. So, so many of us here, we are in obscurity. We're, we're in obscurity. We, 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 nobody knows us. But God loves to choose people that no one knows. So you're a perfect candidate to be the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And then when, you, when, you, when God says go and pushes you out on stage, you know, you're out there and the curtains close behind you and you, you don't know where the fold is. Yeah, you know, you, you, you don't know how to get back behind the curtain. And then you just have to. Do whatever God told you to do. And this is what God is speaking to all of us in this house and those who are online today. And so he was in the deserts, and I believe he was in the deserts because, because uh, the angel has made it known that, uh, that, that this boy was going to be special, and this boy that was born would, would be the forerunner of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. I think this is so lovely, and as I read uh, the Old Testament, I am just rejoicing when I see all of it being played out in the New Testament, and then I see it being played out in our lives. Are you seeing the hand of God in your life? I mean, it's amazing that God is calling you to things that are too good for you, and you know yourself better than anybody else here. You know, if you're honest, you say, well, no, God, sometimes I'm afraid. Sometimes I'm sure I'm angry, <laughs> you know? Sometimes I mess up, but I'm quick to fess up. All right? So anyway, the, the boy is fulfilled in the Scripture. Now let me read here in Luke chapter 3, and we'll close. Um, Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. It says, Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip tetrarch of Ituria, and the region of Trachonitis, and Lysanias, Tetrarch of Abilene. And while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Now, now notice what he says. The word came to him. Now, let, let's look at this for a moment. In the 15th year, and I think that uh, our brother Joel Parrott, Pastor Joel, brought this out very beautifully one time he was preaching here. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius, Pontius Pilate, Tiberius Caesar, rather, was the, the ruler of the Roman Empire, 
Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea. Herod uh, was Tetrarch, or he was a ruler of a fourth of this region of Galilee. His brother Philip, Tetrarch of Atrea and, and the region of Trachonitis. Uh, and Lysanias was Tetrarch of Abilene. Now then he, he, so he shows us all these important people. Annas and Caiaphas were high priests. Now God only called one high priest, but when the, the government got all involved, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they, now they got two because Rome uh, fired uh, Annas and, uh, and uh, put in Caiaphas, his son-in-law. And so you got two high priests. You can see how when the, when the world gets their hands on the things that we're supposed to have our hands to, the world messes them up. The world doesn't know what you and I know. They don't have a call that you and I have. They don't have the responsibility. They don't have the know-how. But you and I have the know-how. Let's do it anyhow. Amen. Now listen to what he says. Now, the word of the Lord of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, where? In the wilderness, where the prophet Isaiah had said it would come, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. This is what God is saying to all of us. He is saying to us. And so let me move, uh, just continue to to share this with you in Luke. So Luke is is quoting Isaiah chapter 40, those uh, verses 3, I think, uh, through 8. Now listen to what we say, what we want you to know. And I want you to take away from this. What has God spoken that he has called you to fulfill? What has God spoken in his word that he has called you to fulfill? That is one of my challenges. I see myself in the word of God. Is that arrogance? I doubt it. I'm the one who wants to push somebody else out on the stage. And then I want to be behind the curtain, hoping they can't find a scene to come back. What has God called you to fulfill? You and I must be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We must do whatever he gives us to do. And as I see myself in the scriptures, I told you many times when I read Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, I knew somehow that that was written so that I would see it. Is that too much to say? I, I think not. What has God given you to do? What are you to do to make the paths of the Lord straight, the coming of the Lord, a reality in somebody's life and in reality for the whole world? In Luke chapter 2, verses 26 through 32, it says, And it had been revealed to him, uh, Simeon, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. It was revealed to Simeon. Why not? You. Why not you? So he came by the Spirit into the temple. He came by the Spirit into the temple. You have the Holy Spirit. What have you done? What kind of movements do you have in the fulfillment of the Word of God? And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. What word has God spoken to you? And it is your responsibility to fulfill, not in your humanity, 
but by the Holy Spirit. He says, Simeon says, For my eyes have seen your salvation. He was a little baby. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. Peoples. Not just Americans, but Nigerians and Ghanaians and Croatians and Serbians and British and Filipinos. <laughs> this is what you've done. You have prepared before the face of all peoples a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. That's what's happened. We were uncovenanted people. And this amazing light has come because somebody believed the word. Somebody took the, the, the baton. Somebody took the torch because it had been revealed to them. What has been revealed to you? A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Psalm 98 verse 2 says, The Lord has made known His salvation, His righteousness He has revealed in the sight of the nations. This is huge stuff that we're a part of. This is huge. It's not about you and I getting our little needs met here and there. This is huge. This is for all humanity, all mankind. You and I have been brought to the kingdom for times such as this. Isaiah 52.10, the Lord has made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Even in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Then the angel said to them, speaking of the shepherds in the field, he said to them, Do not be afraid. And I say to you, don't be afraid of the call of God on your life. Let us make his paths straight. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid that God has you in his book. I know such knowledge is too wonderful, but don't be afraid. But whatever he has given you to do, you must do it with all your might and do it in purity. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. He was speaking of the coming of Jesus Christ. He says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And I pray today that we'll walk this out with the joy of the Lord as our strength and that we will not be afraid to obey the will of God. There is something else. As the old boy says in the commercial, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Just because you got a whim doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit. Stay in your lane. He'll make it clear to you what you're to do. Stay in your lane. Don't look at somebody else's lane. You're disqualified if you get out of your lane. Stay in your lane. Amen. In Jesus' name.